Thank you for joining us on today's Midnight Special. We're really happy you're here. Um, it's me and my brother Josh, and we have yep. something really exciting for you guys today. Um, first off, I just want to say, if you guys haven't, if you're listening to this, then we actually have a YouTube channel called WiseWorks Podcast that you can go watch. We come out with two videos, two full podcasts a week there, and but the one you're listening to now is audio only, and it's on Spotify only. <laughs> All right, we should talk about what we yeah. have special for today. What do we got, Joshua? Um, we have a few of, I don't know how to describe them because they're kind of, they're friends, but they're also, they've been in projects before. They're they lifelong us. friends. Yeah. Um, we, I, I want to talk a little bit maybe at some point about how we, how our earliest memories of each other, but we have yeah. two of our very good best friends, John Mark and Wyatt. They are on a Zoom call with us, so they are in a little bit south of Atlanta, Georgia, and we are in Virginia Beach. So, hi guys. Hey Joe, What's it's up? uh, it's great you having us on like this. Uh, we really appreciate <laughs> it, and we're so happy to join you. So excited! All right, to be so here. how about how about both of you guys introduce yourself so people can get familiar with your voice and uh, and tell us something unique about yourself. Yeah, Wyatt. Okay. Um, first off, uh, I'm Wyatt, mm-hmm. and that's about it. <laughs> Dude, um, I like the hair. Yeah, I haven't seen the hair since. I guess the, you're why starting are you to talking grow about the hair though. Oh, the, in and out. the hair I, I know, is an ongoing but... project. Something I've been working on for quite a while. It's <laughs> nice. It, it, well, it's okay. what makes me me. Yeah, exactly. So, I would say it's a little bit longer than what I'm giving the analogy, but it very much has the Jack Black Nacho Libre style. Normally, Your hair it naturally does. grows that way. Uh, like the curly hair, like a yeah, like a helmet more on top look. of the head. Uh, but yeah, right it's now, a very, it's, in it's a, a very beautiful look. It's in a so, bun. if you want to introduce yourself again, you can be like, hey, "I'm Wyatt Goforth, the guy with nice hair." <laughs> uh, okay, yeah. yeah, go ahead. Okay, okay. Um, I'm uh, John Mark, uh, Falconer Extraordinaire, and yeah. uh, known local ladies' man. <laughs> uh, I don't know why That's you laugh. It's, known local man, not a, ladies' man. It's a true statement. Guy not getting all those beautiful dames. Yeah, beautiful dames. He's known no, and he's no, local. Well, no, you see, well, when there are ladies around, they know I'm there, for better or worse. <laughs> so, it is a true statement. Let's go back to Falconer. I mean, that's... That's very interesting. Yeah. People don't know a lot about. Yeah, so Jamark, tell us a little bit why you got into falconry. No, that no, is a very no, unique okay. hobby you got well, there. Maybe me, a career. I don't I don't know what, what your plans are. Tell us a little bit about it. It's basically a pickup line. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm a falconer, and that's it. Got a conversation going. Okay. How many falcons have you dealt with? Um, I've had two falcons. Um, both ended in disaster. Um, a disaster. Two hawks. Both were great. And um, one and a half, no, one girlfriend, and it was bad. So my experience with um, old birds, all in all, is pretty rough. Strike that from okay. the record. <laughs> you don't have to hear that part. All right. I wanted that to out. start off. Shut up. Um. So for those of you listening who may not know, me and my brother, we kind of take this podcast and what what we kind of talk about is stuff related to filmmaking, stuff yep. related to 
you know, theory of filmmaking, ideas. We sometimes tell personal stories, things of that nature. It's really around entertainment content. Some of it might be funny. Some of it might be informational. Some of it just might be, you know, interesting. Yeah. Whether it's good or bad interesting, some of it might just be interesting. However, um, we're bringing our two very great friends on because you guys have actually played a relatively large role in some of the film projects we've had. And you guys are also really interested in films. You guys are one of the more interested, <laughs> you guys are one of the mo <laughs> more interested people I know in the art of entertainment and film in general, outside of me and my brother. And so- Thank you, thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> so, tell us a little bit about why you guys are so fascinated with the art of filmmaking and uh, on an individual basis because I know you guys each have your own reasons um, well I'll start I think mostly it's it's yeah I think with everybody it starts with uh, watching watching mm -hmm. movies seeing movies enjoying movies um but for us, I think it's morphed into uh, the. I think it's. I think it's. I think it's. We like stories. We've always. We've always liked stories. Uh, as yeah. my oldest yeah. memories are of John Mark and I coming up with stories and acting them out. Honestly, we talk more about stories than we do about any one medium you tell them through so we'll talk about books just as much as we talk about movies we just like yeah we like we like stories and um movies are one way to tell them and you know so we have a general interest in them movies tv uh books audio books you can really find good stories in a with a lot of different mediums a lot of different yeah. platforms yeah, I remember, talk about stories in general, I remember how we kind of, I got like really good friends was we went to this camp kind of once a year called Maranatha, and I remember there was one, there was a couple of years in our like early teen years, or maybe even before that, like 10, like 9, 10 years old, we were into like superheroes and creating stories around superheroes do you remember that yeah we would sketch the we would sketch the outfits the uniforms of the superheroes oh, um it was a christian camp and so we we always would sketch out ideas for different superheroes during the services no we don't talk about no we, we never did we that. never that's, did that <laughs> that's a lie dude yeah. i we, no, we, we used we to sat, strive to sit next to each other especially i i don't know why maybe it was just i have an i have a a fascination specifically with John Mark, his writing style and his creative mind to come up with really deep stories and really deep characters. He's a natural um, author. He's a natural writer. He's a natural creative mind, especially in the book realm. And so I've, have him, yeah. I've had him on our film, Dying of the Leaves. We, it was actually his story. Yeah. And, uh, and I kind of took his idea, wrote a rough script. And I went down to Georgia and me and him spent like a weekend working on just trying to come up with you know, round it out, figure out, iron out the screenplay, iron out the character development, and then we ended up making the film, me and you co-directed it. Yeah. But Jamark was the writer and the author of the whole premise of that short film. And and I'll tell you this, 
we uh, when we were living in Pennsylvania and we were going to college, uh, it was a forty minute drive from our house to where we were attending college, mm-hmm. and that was our pastime. Um, you know, like I said, since we were really little, we were coming up with all sorts of just different stories that we found exciting. And yeah. we still do that to this day. And that was, mm-hmm. we were just sitting in the car and he was explaining to me uh, a story idea. Mm-hmm. And I remember he explained it to me. I liked it. And then he explained it to you. And I remember you just liking it so much that you yeah. wanted to film it. Actually, I, I'm I'm recalling back to when I talked to you guys about that idea. Um, it was actually, I was at this one, I was working this one job where I was delivering truck parts around a city in Columbia, South Carolina. And I was sitting in like a work service van and uh, I just had delivered some parts and I was just sitting in the parking lot of this random shop. And I called you guys, I can't remember if I called you or you called me, but I, I was just like, I need a story. I want to make a short film and I just don't have anything. And so I got you to pitch me some of your guys just conversation ideas yeah. that you guys have there had. were a lot of them i know um, yeah there was a few there was one like about a bag flying through the wind inside oh yes there's um, all kinds memoirs, of different ones well, memoirs of a plastic sandwich bag yeah <laughs> Good story. Good story. you told me that, that about that one and my gut was just like i don't think that's the one i'm, I'm looking for and then i was just like you pitched like three of them to me and i think i kind of liked one and then i was like do you got anything else and then I can't remember. I feel like Wyatt might have brought that one up. And then uh, and then as soon as I heard it, I was like, yes, I can do that one. That one interests me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that one looks like, sounds like something that's feasible and I, I would be passionate about. Um, and so I've always kind of come to John Mark for, you know, writing tips, editing, even just creating stories in general. Um, and coming up with great ideas and Wyatt, you have a natural gift of, uh, critique in the best of ways. (laughs) Wyatt's a a great wall to bounce things off of. Yeah. It's like Wyatt just knows what's a good idea and what isn't. And he also, he doesn't just shoot things down. He usually will tell you how to redirect it to make it better. And so Wyatt's very gifted at that. I, I think he has a place somewhere in the filmmaking world as a career, but he has to he has to jump in to do that. <laughs> well, I've always I've always saw I've always seen John Mark as the uh, visionary, imaginative mind and the writer, mm-hmm. um, and and I would just sort of play uh, make up characters for him. Uh, yeah. to to put into his stories. I never thought I actually had any writing ability until we were uh, again attending college and my yeah. professor told me he said he said you and your brother who he had he had taught John Mark mm-hmm. the year before he said you and your brother have just an absolutely amazing talent for writing and I had never received a compliment like that. <laughs> uh he said I save your your writing to last because it gives me hope for the class. <laughs> and I was I was astounded. I'm pretty yeah. sure I'm pretty sure he still uses them as examples. He's 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 used several of our writings as examples in in teaching. Um, 
and I'm not trying to to toot my own horn or uh, anything like that, but I was just so surprised. I had never heard anybody say anything about yeah something I could do like that. Yeah, that's fascinating. I I'm not in the professional world, so obviously it makes a lot. It's a it's a larger compliment coming from a a person that works at a school and mm -hmm. that is teaching has a higher education in the world of writing and creative writing mm -hmm. to receive from you guys. But I have known in my gut that you guys um, have a unique storytelling gift and you have a way of putting words together. That's unlike any people my age that I've seen. You know what I mean? Oh, well, um, yeah, I've, I've read books my whole life yeah. and I, I've, I've always known when I'm reading good writing or bad writing and mm -hmm. so when it came to critiquing John Mark's writing, uh, I always knew it was good. Um, yeah. Even, it, if, I, even if I never finished it. Even if he never finished anything, <laughs> he wrote half stories, and, and then when a new idea came to him, he would abandon the previous one and start working think, on the new one. Yeah, I think that's a that. sign of a true artist. <laughs> you know? I, you can't. I can't. It, true art is hard to finish, but it's always inspired. Yeah. Yeah, I can't finish anything. Oh no, it's the the there's there's so many half stories and 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 three pages of writing that are so inspired. I mean, yeah. so many of them. Yeah, I, I felt like you that guys, was sarcastic. Uh, no, I, it's guys, it's true. They're just they're not finished. They're not. Yeah, there's well, a beginning. There's an inspired beginning. Yeah, but no, it's an, it's an expired. It's an inspired beginning. That, that's a pretty good way to put it. Only would have I don't know if we. Uh, hey, if only it would have an inspired, like, middle, I would be happy. I never really get to that <laughs> point either. Yeah. I don't know if we mentioned this. Um, something that's even adding this podcast to be even more unique is that me and Joshua are brothers, and you guys are brothers, and we all grew up together. Yes. Um, we haven't ever lived in the same city at the same time. Uh, apart, but we've but always together. been. We've always been very good friends. Both of you guys were in my wedding, and so. And so we've all, it's, it's, and we, we have a, we both are, we do. all four of us have like a creative outlook, but they're all unique. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and you um, know what? I can assure you that you will be in John Mark's wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you making promises? Uh, so yeah. Just prepare to be an old guy. Okay. Uh, you're, you're not going to marry until you're way old or something, Mark? Um, well, I don't think I can achieve it until then. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see how it goes. Dude, you just have to write, like, a beautiful love story and they'll come flocking. That's never worked. Yeah, it's never worked. I'm <laughs> You just gotta, you just, I mean, there'll be so many women that want to at least date you if you just write the most beautiful love story, make, like, one of those soft porn novels, um, and then, uh, and then women will love you. Oh, yeah. That's um, all you have to do. I don't know who's gonna listen to this. <laughs> you um, can cut this part out, but we you can get we, you can get Wyatt to uh we have get an Wyatt to we, do the audible for we it. We have an unnamed bro. We have an unnamed younger brother. Yeah, he'll who, be rem he's, he'll he's remain very, unnamed. He's very gifted at yeah. the art of erotica prose. <laughs> um, you wouldn't know it because of his chosen profession, but he can ad lib erotica prose quite um, well erotically. <laughs> that's no 
No. I I, I would say though. I mean, <laughs> Jamar can write some stuff, but Wyatt, you you got a narration voice, definitely. I'll tell you. I'll tell we you this. Cut that last part. Yeah. I'll tell you this. <laughs> I have a fantastic voice until until I hear myself through a recording or something like that video or something. And to me, you know, I sound like this and it's horrible and I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> no, dude, you have a great voice. And I, I promise once we do like five of these. You'll listen to it a little bit. You'll get used to it. You won't care so much. Well, you'll figure I've, it out. You'll figure I've out how trying, you sound outside of your own head. I've been trying to get Wyatt forever to do um, voice acting for like audiobooks oh, yeah. and stuff because his range of just characters and voices that he can do is is excellent. Did you guys ever watch Wild Thornberries? No, I can promise you. I actually want to talk about this in a little bit, but I can promise you. You guys consume so much entertainment and you have so much knowledge about the world of filmmaking. It puts two actual filmmakers yeah. to shame. I, you guys are so knowledgeable in the world of entertainment. I, I actually think I actually think that our, our our actual grasp of the filmmaking process um isn't isn't yeah it, it's not great we're, we've never really been behind the scenes of anything we you know when it comes to when it comes to what makes a good story a good story, story. like story yeah. when it comes to what, <laughs> when it comes to what makes a good story mm -hmm. and um like plot and narrative and and character development and stuff like that and pacing, even if it's not in our own work, when it's in somebody else's, you know, when it's somebody else's work, like movies or stories and stuff, we're mm -hmm. good at that part. When it comes yeah. to like, you know, how a movie is made and stuff like that, we we know very little. Yeah, I've I have listened to so many audiobooks. I mean, mm -hmm. just a plethora of audiobooks, <laughs> and I can tell you that. I can tell you when I'm watching a movie that the dialogue is bad. It's it's yeah. written badly, and it was, and it's not necessarily the actor's fault. You know, especially a good act, even good actors fall prey to bad dialogue writing. Yeah. Um. And yeah. and I'm by no means a professional, but you know, you, you you can tell. You know, when you when you hear a line in a movie, and it just it, it feels wrong. It it, it feels wrong it, it it doesn't feel like it sh it it should be there or it should be said that way. Or... It's like you guys have a really strong grasp on reality, and it just stands out to you more than others when something is not a realistic right presentation of the character development. Mm -hmm. Right, and, and I think I think we have a really good grasp on uh, fiction since yeah. we basically live in fiction. We we really <laughs> actually don't care much for reality. We yeah. we prefer to stay, you know, in our own imaginary little worlds, um, which is much more exciting. Anyway. We prefer to lie to ourselves. Yes, on a daily lie. <laughs> lie to yourself uh, to make life seem not life so seem, terrible. Yeah, exactly. I hear that. That is our that is our motto, and we would like to tell all the little children out there. Nope. 
Lie to yourselves, nope. kids. Actually, <laughs> it will make life we're not talking so much kids. better. We're not. <laughs> hey, do me a quick favor. Check to make sure you guys are still good on the recording. I was actually um, going to say that. I was going to say that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just want to just we just check it periodically. Um, as I said at the beginning, we're recording over Zoom and we have some limited uh, limited technology. We're just trying to bring it this podcast Wait, to you guys. Hold so. on. Um, yeah, we're still recording um, audio. You're not Sounds recording good. the visuals, are you? No. Oh, thank no. goodness. Thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're not. Um, this is audio because, only. Because you know, my dad bought really. <laughs> You know. Yeah, no, this is this is audio only just on Spotify. Um, go ahead, Josh. Talking about, let's go back to you guys telling stories and how you guys, your whole family is really good at telling stories. I mean, I remember when we were younger going to camp. <laughs> I guess, I don't know who it started with in your family, but you guys have this story about a box. <laughs> and yeah. It just, I remember... <laughs> From the longest time, this box story, and it's like, it, it's I can't explain the whole story. You'd have to sit down and listen to it. it that's because yourself, the, but the box story is, um, it, it was it was less of a story and more of an experience. Our yeah. grandmother yeah. or our aunt Christina would sit us down. It was grandma. and she would put each one of us into the story. And every time the story was different, the, every time it would be a different, you know, one of the kids uh, or cousins uh, doing playing a different role. The universal concept yeah. was the box. The box. Do not look in the box. You're not allowed to look in the box. Um, and then always at the end, of course, somebody looked in the box and they were never allowed to tell anybody what was in the box. <laughs> and they were always crying or sad or something. Um, and we don't, we never knew. And, but we always had this theory that the box does exist. It's somewhere yeah. in our grandmother's closet. So you think the box story is, is an original story from the Goforth family? It's an original story from our grandmother, I believe. Or okay. somebody. Sh- I, I think, like, I can't even imagine what could be in that box after all these years. Well, the thing like, is that your guys' family, because but it's not only that us four are friends. Our yeah. parents were great friends. Oh yeah, like our our fathers roomed together for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and so did your aunt have, and our mom. Yeah, we have we have a multi generational, uh, well, kind of multi generational friendship that we were kind of grafted into. You know right. what I mean? Right. Um. And so we kind of have experienced each other's upbringing and each other's families, and we have a pretty good grasp of the world, that even even the way that you guys process information and think and the way your family interacts with each other and such. Um, and so you guys are definitely stem from some kind of, I, I don't know, maybe spiritual gift of storytelling. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, been passed down from generation to generation, and that might be the origin of your guys' interest in it. And it kind of comes out in the form of literature and filmmaking, at least through you guys, you two. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's definitely um, Ethan, our younger brother, uh, isn't not the, the one, one that wasn't named. Brother. Not no, not the one. He, we didn't. It wasn't him. No, that it was, wasn't him. Although. <laughs> Yeah, so, um, 
I forgot. Yeah, Ethan's Ethan's gifts don't lean in that direction. His yeah. his uh he he's never had much of a storytelling ability and I know it, I know it would um I know it would really Offend him. He'd be like, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Ethan's a a consumer. Ethan's a consumer. Uh, He's probably probably listened to more books than me and Wyatt. Yeah, and and he's... But but anytime I'm like, Ethan, could you explain... uh, Give me just a brief synapse of what this book is about, just in case Mm -hmm. I want to read it. And he'll say, oh, okay. All right, so get ready. So (laughs) the main character... And then he'll go all the way through the story... And you know he just just not good at at enticing me into what the story is about. He um, doesn't bring his own his own flair to it that causes you to right to not desire be desire the story but, yourself. But he knows what a good story is. Yeah. So like can, he he has the radar, but he doesn't we, have the communication skills can, to relay that. We can ask him, Ethan, is this a good story? And he'll go, Yeah. He, he'll go, it gets slow here, or there's this here, and this wasn't quite satisfying, but it's good all in all. Is it worth listening to, Ethan? Uh, I think there are other stories that you would probably want to listen to more than this one. Right. You know, he's just, he's, you know, he, uh, I don't know if it's not that he's a bad storyteller. I think Ethan just, um his thoughts come together in a different way. Like yeah. he doesn't, he can't give you a, a um, summary like yeah. somebody who writes a lot can. He gives you a summary in the way that somebody who reads a lot can. And that's yeah. the whole thing, you know? Right. Yeah. So. You know, something that I was thinking about, uh, talking about the way that you guys relay stories or communicate stories to make them more interesting, maybe even than they already are. Um, I remember you, Wyatt, you would tell me, you would sit me down or we would start a conversation. It could be at anywhere. This has happened at the camp. Josh was talking about this has happened at your house, at my family's house. This has happened at a gas station. I believe it was a Sheets. This has happened in multiple locations where... I, you can probably tell at this point why it talks more than Jamark. Yes. And that's cool. <laughs> but Wyatt would sit down and talk to me for like three or four hours about an elaborate story that would be an amazing film or novel or anything, a comic that Jamark has birthed in his head and Wyatt has edited through conversations with him. Yeah. And then Wyatt relays that perfect story to me in like a freaking five hour window and I just sit there and I just listen and it's like I'm experiencing it through my own imagination and so there's something unique and interesting we ought to seriously just have an episode where you guys just pick a story and just talk about it for like two or three hours (laughs) you know what I mean I think I think what it is also my imagination and John Mark's imagination I know are very very vivid I yeah. I have I have ever you know since since I was little I've had you know just mind-bogglingly lucid dreams where my mm-hmm. mind just creates anything and everything um and so when John Mark would tell me a story uh 
my mind would imagine it in perfect detail and yeah. fill in gaps or, or change things. And, you know, it, it, it's, it sits heavy in your head. Yeah. And so you want to tell it and you want to explain, you want to make it real for someone else. Um, yeah. And, and with books, audio books and regular books too, uh, my dad, I, he said, he said just the other day, he said, uh, audio books aren't like reading regular books. I said, no, they're not. You experience them differently. But I can tell you that in my head, every regular book that I've read is the same when I recall it as an, an audio book. I don't, I don't recall when I, uh, uh, a time when I actually just was looking at pages reading the words yeah. you experience it you experience, through imagination you experience it through imagination more and you almost want to i feel like i want to talk about audiobooks more than i want to talk about the print book yeah ask me about Wheel that's of Time. interesting um um do you so, think it's because maybe do you guys at least in the sense of it, because you guys are into storytelling, you guys are masters at it, naturally. Do you guys say that you enjoy the depth or the character development that are in books, but you prefer to have more of an experience given to you? And so maybe listening to an audiobook goes into that depth, but it's not like you have to put forth the effort to actually read the words. You can just experience it we, through your ears. Yeah, you experience it in a more passive way. Right. So yeah. I... I I work outside on lawn and landscape and all I do all day is listen to audiobooks. Yeah. And so I can work and kind of forget that it's hot and my muscles ache and I'm tired. Yeah. Um because I'm kind of zoned out experience. I'm I'm watching a movie in my head, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and 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 that's I, a gift. That that's something that people don't normally not not normally can like literally just hear words and translate that to visual pictures, which is something, you know, something I'm going to let Joshua talk here in a minute because he's just been sitting here. But, um, you know, when we were working on Dying of the Leaves, Jamark, I remember it was a story that you came up with and I kind of I, I, I tried to get you to communicate as much as you could or as much as you had, this the idea for scenes and visuals. And I remember this one moment that actually is one of my favorite moments in the film. It turned it out, it turned out really well. Um, between the acting, between the idea, between the makeup and everything just came together. There's this one scene where our lead character, he has a dream and he imagines his friend being on the ground almost dead from this creature that's haunting him. And he the camera sort of t tilts and it shows him in his character his friend turns his head and he's got a, scr a huge scratch across his face he looks like he's almost dead and he just uh he says a line if you want to see the movie you can go see it but it was like when you were telling me that scene there were some scenes that i just kind of came up with and just filled in details but with that scene you're like it's it it's laid out exactly this way and all you had was like the idea and for some reason, there are specific scenes in that movie that you just laid out perfectly. And it was almost like I didn't feel pressured to do it a specific way, but I wanted to honor you 
because this was your story. And so with that scene in particular, I feel like I really took your exact vision and tried to portray that specifically on on screen. And it actually ended up looking amazing. You know, I was worried it would be a little corny at first, but the actor just did great and it looked great, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that whole process for Dying of the Leaves was super stressful for me. <laughs> Why was that? Well, you, it took like, what, almost two years? Start to yeah, finish? It did. You, you called me while we were on our way to school one time, and that was in Pennsylvania. And then mm-hmm. we moved, and we got back to Georgia, and we tried transferring. And I'm a bad student. I'm, I've got good grades. Good grades. My professors like me. I was dean's list. But when it comes to organization, I suck. And so yeah. I was terrible at trying to get my credits transferred and blah, blah, blah. And I was just having a bad time with college. I didn't finish it. Yeah. It was that bad. And so I was stressed out. And during this time, I was trying to write that movie. And you were trying to get me involved. And <laughs> and I was I was trying to be involved. But at the same time, I kept finding myself not caring that much because I was so stressed. So I had to force myself to to get it out and write it. And in hindsight, there were so many things I would have rather done differently. Biggest thing is I would have stayed in Pennsylvania and finished school there. Yeah. But hindsight, I would there are things I would have done differently with the with the script. Like writing as that first script really showed me um just I think overall it was characterization. Mm-hmm. Um, how characters are developed on screen. How they know? develop on screen and, and what What are you I, seeing rather than what they are thinking? Yeah, what ideas um, what ideas work better when you wanna develop a character. I would I think I would in hindsight there are a lot of things I would rewrite about that movie well of course there, there's a lot of things i look back and i say i would have produced differently you know what i mean yeah. i have now, a question um yeah, go ahead kind of your interpretation of the monster um i know i wasn't i was kind of directing co-directing the film once it came to the filming part of it but i was not involved in the part the writing at all mm-hmm. um it, that was between you and john mark or joseph and john mark and John Mark, how do you, how did you, how the monster that we see on film is that, was that basically what you were interpreting as the monster? Or you, did you have a different idea in your mind and see it differently than Joseph did and how he portrayed it and he basically brought out it, that character as no, the that, monster? That was a in great interpretation of the monster. I imagined it a little bit, um, uh, I imagined it a little bit thicker and broader, you know, um, yeah. and more, I don't know, more upright, like stuff like that. Like it's like straight up standing. So you saw it like a, like a big beast. He saw it. Cause I know how you relate it to me was very like almost Gollum esque yeah. where very thin, um, scrawny monster, but very like. Demonic uh, looking. Demonic, I wanted yes. I wanted him to look furry, like he was a beast of the, 
the forest, but I also wanted him to look sick, like because he was a representation of death. Yeah. And so I thought, what what's death? Well, obviously, you know, when we he, picture death, uh, it, it just depends on your religious background. But a lot of times we we think of like demons and stuff. And so you know, I put these horns on this mask, and I made him all black, and I made him look skinny, like he's malnutritioned and that he's just surviving. But for some reason, he has like this just unearthly life force that's not explained but he's there yeah. and so there was a lot of factors i took into it i know it wasn't necessarily your vision of it but it i think i out, did get your permission it, it turned <laughs> I think out great I did ask it run it. it turned out great you, you though. liked I, it I, I really liked it the very first scene with the monster the, the very first time mm -hmm. you see the monster uh -huh. where it just looks out from behind the tree is the best mm -hmm. moment with the monster. It it literally it's so good and it it's scary. Yeah, that's it's scary. Yeah, the the monster, in hindsight, it it I didn't really, I didn't really figure out what the monster was until mm -hmm. after I finished the script and sort of after I mm -hmm. saw the movie. But the 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 monster was. The monster was his view was 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 his view of of death, dark, yeah. Yeah. Um, scary. Something he's got to run from because he's uh, full of regret and fear. Yeah. Um. And uh, in the end, when it's his friend, it doesn't become his friend. Un it doesn't become his friend until he basically not gives up, but until he accepts what he had done, you know, leaving his friend and he accepts, yeah. you know, the regret and stuff like that. Yeah. And it becomes something he wants to see. Yeah. Uh, and it was, and it was. You know, and what he wanted to see was his friend there with him in the end, just like he wasn't there with his friend in the end. Yeah, you yeah, know, so. that, that is powerful. I, I'll, you know, I, I never will regret my part in the movie. Um, <laughs> and just because it's it's so pivotal. I yeah, it we really worked is. so it hard really on is. it. What was that part, Wyatt? Um, Please enlighten me. See. It was the 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 movie was finished. Yeah, it was. <laughs> and and there was just a few issues. And I was getting married. Oh yes, yeah. With, you know, the, with some of the visuals, and so I went online and we downloaded some some. Hold it, on, it, what what was wrong with the visuals? It was the blood. It was the blood spatter. It was the blood spatter. It was every so, blood splatter in the yeah. movie. It was it, it was too. Bright, remember? Yeah, yeah. You remember yeah. how bright it, it was? was? So, it so I went bad. online. I down. We downloaded a couple of uh, blood spatter visuals, and uh, we worked really hard to get them in the right place at the right speed. And there's one exactly. one spot. Um, viewer discretion, right? There's <laughs> one spoiler warning. and spoiler warning uh, where a young man gets. Uh, you know, hit in the head by a musket ball. Yeah, and it looked <laughs> no, blood spatter looks fantastic. <laughs> I was so happy. I'm like, Joe, no, 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 that needs to go here. 
That needs to go to the left. I don't know <laughs> yeah. how to edit that stuff. I don't know how to make but it. But you good. knew what but needed he knows to happen. How to delegate. I know how to say left, left, right, bigger. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think that's a sign of a good director, Wyatt. I mean, not <laughs> not to um, take away from your directing and the blood splatters and what, but I think the reason why it needed a little bit of extra oomph to the editing was just because we were rushing at the end of that film. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. It was supposed to come out in like what November we were, or September. We were like nine months behind the schedule that we originally planned. Yeah. yeah. Um, and it was at the point where I was like, I was about to get married. Mm-hmm. You watched it, and then you decided, hey, we really need to make these edits on this blood effect. Um, when I supposedly like had the final thing, I was about to send the disc to get duplicated and to get like 300 copies made. <laughs> yeah. And I like we were so close and I was just going to live with the way it looked and I knew it didn't look good. But I was like I, I we just need to finish it so we can move on, you know. Well, um I told you, I remember I sat down and I watched it and I said, "Joe, the most the 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 biggest critique I have is the blood spatter, just the color of it and and where it is in some of the shots." And that, I said, that's the most distracting thing for me. And then yeah. you went in, you fixed it, and we watched the movie again. And uh, that's when I saw all the other issues. No. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah, dude. Once you, re- once you relieved yourself of that one incredible distraction, right. <laughs> everything else becomes clear. <laughs> See, I don't know when would be a good time to pitch you another movie idea. Oh, right now, or at least when we finish recording. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, we'll Maybe save that for later. But Jamark, you have to finish the script I've already sent you, sir. I've and I've then read, you pitch me another one. I've read, <laughs> I've read half of it. I I started I started reading half of it. I've the not beginning read this script of this week. <laughs> I read half of it at like eleven thirty, and I got halfway mm-hmm. through it, and, and I just couldn't keep my eyes open. Not because of your story. But Thanks. Because, I really appreciate that, Jamar. But, but that, because that I puts was just so tired. much confidence in the pit of my stomach, I can just leave this conversation, uh, and I will be. Gosh, dang it, Jamar! Why would you say that? Now you know what <laughs> the what what the 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 offense taken here should be by me because I didn't get a script. I didn't, I didn't get anything to read, and I'm the brother. I wanted to run. I wanted to run it by Jamar first. Because I maybe it was because I I felt like after after creating and working through an intense you know fifty two minute long script with him on Dying of the Leaves, I felt like I could trust him without uh, with my most vulnerable fresh uh, draft. Absolutely, one hundred percent. And and you know um, that's the thing. You sent it. You sent it to uh, a good writer. A good writer. Um, a visionary who runs all of his stuff by me first. Um, <laughs> honestly, honestly, you might want to send more stuff to Wyatt because um, okay, I don't know if you've noticed this, but I'm a uh, procrastinator. Sorry, I was I was putting off saying that. Um, <laughs> I'm a terrible procrastinator. I know okay. I've got to do something. But I'll be like, man, I'm tired, man. I don't think I could give a good critique of this right now. 
All right, Wyatt, I will send it so. to you tonight, and you can tell Jamark if it's any good, and then he'll read it. Right. He's, no, I, he's also... He's I also... will continue reading it. I've, I've worked through it a little bit, um, but when I when I read it, when I read it, I don't just read it. I read I read through it and I reread lines. Yeah. And you're thinking and, about and, you're thinking about everything. And I stop and I visualize it in my head and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. John Mark is also very critical of other people's work. Um so That's good. he's you know, he gets very jealous when he doesn't have control. And, <laughs> and and the issue is when you have somebody who's a procrastinator and very critical you get this sort of, uh, you know, I'll I'll do it later, but it's it, it, you know it's I'm sure it'll it, it I'm sure it'll it won't meet my expectations. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. Okay, well no, I will I'm, say I'm joking. I know my strength is in the actual directing of a film and the actual editing. When it comes to writing, that is not my strength. That's why I come yeah, to you. Not me either. Um, both of you. That's why I come to you guys, and that's why I think maybe the four of us is the perfect Where, duo for making yeah. films, or the perfect quadrant. Did you ever? How, what's what's a what's a four person group? How, what, what do you refer to that as? Uh, a quadro. A quad. A four. A squad. A quad. A squad. A squad, bro. <laughs> It'd be a squad. In, in Call of Duty and Battlefield terms, that would be a squad. Yeah. Yeah, a squad, um, dude. Have you a ever watched? Force. <laughs> Have you ever watched Rick and Morty? Of course. I've okay. seen everything except season four because it's not on Hulu yet. Okay. We're going to talk really about smart. Rick and Morty at some point. But listen, hey, oh, I, Rick wait. and Morty. Okay, if you, you bring that up, dude, this is going to be another two-hour conversation. No, this, no, no, no. Yeah, this, this, is, about, this, this is, a, is about writing. This is about your script. This is okay. about writing. Okay. This, this is about your script. Um, My biggest gripe with your script. Okay. So, okay. Ahead, so in the show... Um, why are we doing this while we record a podcast? So he he's more <laughs> like Morty instead of Rick. <laughs> In the show, Rick and Morty are on a planet during a purge, and mm-hmm. they yeah, uh, I remember that to get access to a lighthouse. Morty has to sit and <laughs> no, listen. No, sir. Sure, do sure, not sure, compare sure. my screenplay uh, for, to for that the piece of trash. I'm doing this character. for the podcast. Be quiet. Uh, Morty has to sit and listen to. Uh, the writing of the old man who uh, owns the lighthouse. And he opens it up with, um, you know, the name of the female protagonist. And he's like, she's in, a, she's in an alleyway. A man pulls a gun. Three weeks earlier, right? And then he goes through the whole story, yeah. and he asks Morty, he says, what did you think? And Morty says... After sitting there for so long, he's like, it, it was just good. It was good. I enjoyed it. That's it. No criticism. <laughs> and the old man's like, no, really. I'm a writer. I want your honest criticism. This is how I get better. And Morty says, I'm not a fan of the panda three weeks earlier. I think our <laughs> stories should start where they begin. Yeah. And the old man says, get out. Get out. <laughs> you don't like my work. You criticize my writing. You come into my home. You know. <laughs> anyway, so I was reading your script, and I'm like, and I'm and I'm like, I for the record, I do not do any flashbacks. And I'm like, I'm like, script. I'm like, I'm like, it is completely literal. I'm like, this, this is a good story. Like, I'm 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 invested, but what's going on? <laughs> I, I, like, I feel like there was some buildup before this, 
And I'm and all I'm thinking all I'm thinking is of that line from Rick and Morty. And I'm thinking I know I gotta read more to to really understand what's happening here. But in the back of my head, in in, in the back of my head, I hear Panda three weeks early. Like I, but like I said, like I said, he's a critical procrastinator. He was criticizing cool. it, and and he hasn't finished the script yet. <laughs> Okay, honestly, that is, you might finish the script still having those questions. That is why I sent it to you, sir. I am needing your help, and I'll send it to you as well, Wyatt. Um, and you can read it before Jamark even finishes probably the fifth page. Um, anyways, uh, there was a topic I wanted to talk about. Um, yeah. Well, maybe I, I wanted, since we talked so much about Dying of the Leaves, um, I wanted to get... You know, if you were to be the most critical, let's say, let's say not necessarily of your own work, because me and Joshua have had a number of conversations in the past year on this podcast and in other videos about what we think of Dying of the Leaves. But, you know, we haven't heard yeah. very much from the origins of the creators of the birth of the idea of Dying of the Leaves. And Maybe if you're not critiquing necessarily your work as the writers, but if you're critiquing the film as a whole, you know, what would you guys say? And be honest, because it it's it's been like a year and a half since that since it's been out. It's been a while. Um, be honest, because you know we're we're way past it. I want to know More what was that. your guys what More than a year and a half. Yeah, it's it's been a long time. What is your guys like honest opinion of how it came out? What was the story? Did you think it was just give me your thoughts because we haven't heard from you guys very much about this it, one. you know? Um I, I had a no, go ahead. Right. Whatever. So just just on the most basic, you know, <laughs> not not even criticisms, right? Uh you know, it it you know, it, it the 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 palette felt washed out. Uh, I wasn't a fan of the actors. A lot of the dialogue could have been better. Oh, man, he's hitting that, you hard. You know, criticism. Shut up. You're the writer. <laughs> uh, you know, I felt like there were some, you know, uh, some some choices made by, by some of the directors that I'm not a fan of. Yeah. Um, Those bastards. The ending was a little convoluted, and I didn't understand it. Um, it, it made me cry at one point, and I don't like to cry. <laughs> uh, so that's a criticism. That's the that's, the that's, music was depressing. the The color was depressing. The characters were depressing. <laughs> Why? Well, it's an independent so, film. The whole can point we uh, bring up? Yeah. The fact that, uh, also, um, very low budget. Edition? Very oh, low budget. We, we later. Not good. A failure. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but other than that, wait. What did you say was a failure? Josh was talking to me a second ago. Nothing. I said, oh, it was, was a I said it was fantastic work, and I enjoyed every minute of it. <laughs> um, Dude, thank I'm, you. That's a, that's a huge compliment, and congratulations to yourself for being a, one of the lead editors of the story as a whole. Oh, you know, so, because of that, you get this check for? Um, <laughs> for zero dollars. <laughs> um, so my criticism, um, and this is more of... My own, from a, a writing standpoint, is I. I felt, said, don't criticize yourself. We're criticizing the final product. Oh well, you know? this is a so criticism. So you're just bashing. That, are you peeing again? <laughs> 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 a 
Okay, well, maybe I... Maybe I <laughs> for, can get... uh, for people listening, uh, I just saw Wyatt just stand up out of his chair and, like, start unzipping his fly and run off camera. <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. Well, Mark, continue your thought while Wyatt's peeing. Um, <laughs> well, this, this is... It's... I'm gonna mention it because it's my biggest gripe, and I think it has to do. It's it's from the writing. Um, that at points the story feels I don't know. As a viewer, you not sure where the direction is going or what the real story is, and I yeah. feel like that's my fault. Is I wasn't, I didn't really set a line of that the viewer can grab onto and say. This is where the story's going. You know, I was kind of struggling to find a theme. And, uh, you, you good? Okay. I was uh, kind of struggling to find a theme. And it kind of shows a little bit. Um, that's my biggest gripe. My second biggest... <laughs> my second biggest gripe is just... Um, is basically just how... Um, the fact that how we couldn't make it better like mm-hmm. the it's it's really it's really good um it's really good but but we, in our in our modern day standards of where me and Josh were at with filmmaking where you guys are with story de- development and creation honestly it's it's past work you know it's it's in the past so yeah. we're able to criticize it and critique it as much as we want because we already know if we created something today it would be monumentally better yeah. and we would say the same thing that we would create today 5 years from now you yeah. know so it's but, it's all about progression. What I'm saying is it's really good, but honest. But we were kind of we were restrained by budget and equipment. Oh, sure. And had we had a big, had we had a bigger budget, uh, we could have made it a lot better. Well, you were using one or two model guns. Yeah, no, I had a. <laughs> this is actually an interesting fact. I don't think one rifle and one pistol. Yeah, the or pistol. Two pistols. One pistol. One pistol. The pistol. See, most of all the budget, the the camera we used on that film was a camera I bought off eBay, and I've been wanting to get that camera for a while, and so I bought it with my own money. I think I spent like, I think I spent like almost two thousand bucks on it, probably like around fifteen hundred maybe, um, and yeah. So I didn't have a whole lot of money. I think the total budget ended up being for everything about three grand, and all that was kind of coming out of what i was able to dish out yeah and so for the guns i actually got for the the long barrel rifle it was 120 bucks for a replica that we used Mm -hmm. and for the pistol it was about 80 dollars. and so i i couldn't afford to get more so there's actually a few shots in the film that it shows like two long barrel guns and actually what I did is we filmed it twice on a tripod and I just split screened and you can't even tell. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it looks like we had two guns to use, but we didn't. It was all one one gun that was just being shared around the different characters. And you know, I think I heard somewhere that um, after production, uh, one of those guns, the, the pistol actually was uh, broken by someone who was playing with it. And you know that's a shame. <laughs> you, you pour all this money yeah, uh, into a project. Unfortunately, and someone was being and, reckless with something that was my right, property, and, and they just destroyed it. Did you break? Actually, yeah, they should have definitely uh, pay the consequences. 
Um, crime, it's a shame. It really is. Yeah, it really is a shame. It really is a waste of money, and it's a shame, and it's a real big fat bummer. Um, something I wanted to, something I wanted, <laughs> something I wanted to talk to you, Wyatt, because you said that. <laughs> it really is a big fat bummer. Uh, Wyatt, something you had said, you cried at one point. Um, did it happen to be the part where the character Cyrus speaks the poem? It is. Okay, I wanted to tell you guys. I don't know if we told Shoo. you this already. Forgot about that. Part. Um, we might have, so you can. But we'll tell the audience, and maybe you guys haven't heard it yet. Um, did you know that the the character that played Cyrus, or the actor that played Cyrus, his name was Paul. Um, I had worked with him as an extra on another short film I did, and so I already knew him. So I brought him back on to play Cyrus, and he, um, just loves being an actor. He loves working on films. Um. And he actually, for that he's scene... He's a good guy. He's a really good guy. He was yeah. chill to work with. He actually... And he actually showed up to do one of our interviews, you yeah. know? So that was really cool. We did a long-form interview that's on the that's on the YouTube channel, Wise Works Podcast. You can go to that channel, and there's a, two long-form interviews with him. But he actually cried on in that scene himself. And he said some of the mental space he got into, which is such dedication for... For us not paying him, being such a his his father yeah, dying he, and he remembered he um, uh, his dad dying and he kind of went to that space and he, he went to that headspace and he actually he actually was crying on set and up until that moment and I'm sure I'm gonna have many powerful moments throughout my career filming movies but up to that moment I hadn't seen someone act in a more authentic way as he had you know. Yeah, and he's been doing theater acting for many years. Well, you've um, never seen me act, so that's true. <laughs> but honestly, man, that that was it. May come off as corny to some viewers. Some viewers might, some viewers might, uh, might find it emotional. Some viewers might find it pitiful. I mean, it doesn't matter. It just all depends on your personal perception. Honestly. But, with him, at least, it was very emotional, and he brought so much effort into that scene that I didn't even expect, and it was beautiful, I thought. I, I've gotten more emotional as I've aged. Um, <laughs> yeah, because you're so freaking old. And, <laughs> and I think, and I think that, I think that, uh, I think it's because I understand, you know, a situation. Your frontal cortex more. has developed more. Yeah, I understand situations better and how they've developed and stuff like that. And, um, dude, I was watching, uh, I was watching, uh, Avatar The Last Airbender today. And, dude, I was crying. And it wasn't even a very <laughs> emotional scene. It was just, it was. Were you just it, happy crying or it, sad crying? It was sad crying, crying, dude. It was the part where the, the sky bison gets lost, dude, and he's in the cave and he's like, growling at yeah. people dude i was crying i was like it's so sad you know and I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking to myself why am i crying i've never cried at this part before and i've seen it a million times but it's so sad man it's so sad <laughs> and 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 it's like every time i watch stuff i grew up with and we get to those parts i'm more and more emotional i'm like dude it's like what's happening to me man now it's very, I, very I I don't want him to deceive you, and I don't I don't want him to deceive the audience. John Mark has always been emotional. 
He's always been emotional. <laughs> he's always been emotional. He's just a he's a closet emotion. He's he, not closet emotional. He he oh, yeah. wrote he wrote <laughs> songs and poems uh, all throughout his teen years. And oh yes, I, don't do that I remember the poems. Right, yeah. I you have told a book me about the poems. I, actually, I don't think I have I've ever a heard book of it somewhere. Uh, he burned a lot somewhere. of his uh, books that he filled with poetry. I have one somewhere that I'll have to dig up for you guys. I did burn yeah. most of them. Um, <laughs> Just bring it. Just bring it and don't tell Jamar. Right. Oh, and just start reading where, where it on the is podcast. This book? And I'm I think, you know, the, the poem that, that Cyrus says in the movie is written by John Mark. And I remember him you know, in our in, in the creative process that we have, we we imagine a rough sort of beginning, middle, end of yeah. the story. And then we imagine like the most powerful parts of the story, uh, emotional yeah. parts, cool parts where there's there's uh, big action scenes cool parts, and yeah. sword fights and pa- just those big those character development, big moments. character development, powerful moments. And yeah. so I remember him coming up with that poem. Just mm-hmm. just, you know, uh, uh you know uh, again on one of those long college drives you know just coming up with the poem and, and and explaining how powerful of a scene it it could be and i saw it i i, I it was really cool to see such a powerful scene that you know it is is most of the time only ever in our heads and we only yeah. ever get to experience those by talking about it with each other uh to see it on screen and to see it done so well and yeah. to experience it a- a- and it actually be emotional it, it was actually yeah. a powerful scene it wasn't something to see it for coming from someone else other than Jamal. right it, it and it, it yeah. wasn't just it's powerful because it's in my head and 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 you know, that's that's the only place. It, maybe it's only powerful to me. It was it, it was actually, uh, re- just really fantastic all around for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, the one big thing that I wish I, I'm I'm thankful for, and I also kind of wish I. Because me and Joshua were kind of in the middle of this. So me and Joshua know you. You guys are the origins of the story. We both work yeah. together. And then you get you get someone, well, all the actors and all the people that were helped out with the movie, you guys didn't happen to meet them, you know? No. And so me and Joshua are kind of in this middle, and I yeah. don't know if it's a curse or a blessing. I want you guys, and I want the people that were on the film to meet you, and like, hey, these are the guys who came up with the story. This is their story. And then at the same time, I love the fact that the people who birthed this idea in your guys' mind, you know, or at least in maybe it was in Jamark's mind, and and Wyatt refined it. You know what I mean? Um, or he added to it or whatever the process was when you guys were just talking about it. But whatever that whatever that was, you guys got to see yeah. just by communicating it to me, you guys got to see something happen 
that you didn't see the process of it happening. And yeah. then you guys can get your honest reaction. And it was something that was a beautiful moment. It was very cool to uh, get out of here. Family. It was very cool to see uh, see your guys' reaction to it and to find out that you guys actually enjoyed it when it was done, even though there was a few issues like with the the pink blood and whatnot. But um, well, I I think yeah, that I think that uh, is actually a a compliment to you guys as directors. Uh, yeah. And and the well, actors. I like the process, and I like the I like what I just said. So I don't even care if it is a compliment. No, 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 no. Just, it it really it is. Cool. You guys captured the moment, and the actors did a fantastic job. We, you know, your your strength is in bringing to life the moment. Their their strength is in uh, acting it out, making it making it real, making it something that's that can be viewed and watched. Uh, you know, John Marks, obviously strength is in making it, uh, coming, you know, coming up with the idea and my strength is in my muscles, <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, though, you guys did a fantastic job. Wyatt's strength, Wyatt's strength is in being a certified ass. Nope. Cut <laughs> um, that out. We're not allowed to say sweary words. And um, <laughs> and and uh, you know, a lot of our conversations, like a lot of how I critique, how I change things, comes from Wyatt being a sarcastic ass. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna Another. say it so that you can't. Cut You're it gonna out. have to cut it out again. Um, and so he'll say something. And I'll be like, okay, okay, well, well, what if I change it to this? And I'll just keep changing it until he goes, okay, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. <laughs> until, until it's kind of so cool, he can't really be an ass about it anymore. Nope. Yeah. Um, that's actually not how it goes. Um, that's how, well, that's how, how what, it, what is your perspective, Wyatt? This is super interesting. Honestly, I think I've had so many conversations with you guys about yeah. how you communicated with storytelling, and I don't even completely understand it. You guys are just like either. your own process, and you guys don't ever agree on anything, but you come up with amazing stories. And so what, what I, the crap no, no, goes I, I, on? He, he asked me. You. The no, question I, was yeah, for me. but you talk a lot. He, the you question talk, was for me, and let I'll me explain give you, it very briefly. Let me give you my first. Not, I'll not, explain not, it very not, 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 I'll explain not, it very briefly. No, I'm, I, Here's what happens. We come up with an idea together, or he comes up with one that I jump on, I come up with one that he jumps on, and we imagine it differently. Um, for example, we come up with an idea about squirrels. And the squirrels are warriors. Look, no, no, no. Or in some cases, sandwich bags. I'm very passionate about the the squirrel story. The squirrels are warriors, and I don't want you changing my squirrel story. And and it was very basic. They they don't really have any. You know, it's it's just like they live in a neighborhood, and all we see is squirrels. But in their eyes, they are fighting the uh you know battle of hunger and and the battle of claws and teeth. And yeah. providing for themselves and their uh, offspring, and I thought that could be just an absolutely amazing story. Then John Mark takes it, and and he just does this amazing thing. There should where be a wizard. He ruins it by <laughs> by saying, 
there's 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 magic in the story why, and why it's no spoil? longer in a neighborhood it's in a magical forest there are sprites um, and gnomes and he takes all of the the real the feeling squirrel, and strength out of it and turns it the, into well, something whimsical. I feel like I feel like I feel like a small squirrel who lives in the swampy part of the forest must travel to a secret destination to reclaim the magic nut. Um, you know what? I love that. I don't know what, dude. I love, I love, I love squirrels, and the, I love squirrel wizards. The the <laughs> problem is the problem is um, you can do that same story. But but in in our world, and that squirrel has to avoid uh, magic rolling giant beasts that could run over <laughs> him and his brethren. Uh, uh, you know, large cats and dogs, and it can be just as magical, just as whimsical. Well, the the original idea for the squirrel thing came from when I was hunting with one of my birds. And um, sometimes they'll smash a squirrel nest and they'll pull a squirrel out of the squirrel nest. Sometimes these nests are so well built, they're built up in vines and stuff like that. And the proper name for a squirrel nest is called a dray. D-R-E-Y. And, <laughs> and for some reason I latched onto that name. And, um, and you know, it, in Europe, no, actually not true. I did. He is actually <laughs> making this up. I am not. No. No. He's actually making this I'm up. I'm not making this because up. Because we came up with the story, and then he researched what the name of a nest is called and thought, wow, that's so cool. It sounds like a fortress or and something. So, okay, well, that's how it happened. But this is where the story diverged. But, you see, you know, in England, it's called, it's called you know, Castle so-and-so, and in Germany, it's it's like Berg so-and-so. Um, but in my uh, squirrel fantasy world, not why it's dumb, mundane squirrel world, um, uh, they're called, you know, they're called Dreys. So, you know, the squirrel must travel to the fortress of Dre Talltree, you know, or Dre... <laughs> Cairn hook or something, and they're these big squirrel <laughs> fortifications, you know, built of twigs and thorns, and and they got squirrels with little spears patrolling them. Lame and um, dumb. No, that was super dope. In my mind. <laughs> Let's get back on um, topic. Do you I remember want to hear more um, from when you guys drew I dragons? I want to talk about squirrels. I want to hear more yeah. from Josh, just because you know, I want to include him. You remember? Do you remember when you guys were drawing dragons? This is something from our past again. Were you somebody, guys involved with that? Did somebody say dragons? Were I you guys he, involved with the dragon drawing? Because I, that was I'm me. I'm positive. You I don't were. know if these guys were. I like. Dragon. I honestly don't know. What would you guys remember drawing dragons a bunch when we were younger? Oh yeah, yeah. Dragons are dope. But like, like trying to draw dragon art, you know? Right. Yeah, we we. So you were part that. of that? I can't yeah, remember because it, it was all. What was it? The movie Aragon. Yeah, Aragorn. the movie Aragon. Um, it Aragorn kind of is from sparked. Aragon. Aragon. Um, Aragon. Is... um quick yeah. side note. Um, on the inheritance cycle, bad. 
Okay, let's continue. Um, I'm just <laughs> Air- going to let Aragon. everybody that's an Aragorn, Aragorn uh, or the Inheritance Cycle fanboy, a.k.a. Sam Rivers, um, that the Inheritance <laughs> Cycle is not good. Okay? I dislike them as books. But anyway, let's continue. To each his well, own. Okay. Um, what was it like? Probably 2005, maybe? Or, or before that, even. They came up with this movie... Aragon. It was based off of what you say in the, the books. Book. Yeah, there's it's like three he's books, like a dragon rider. Yeah, and I remember I can't remember how deep it was, but somehow we got into that. We watched it. You guys, did you ever watch the movie? I've we, never seen the movie. We never did. Okay, then I'm just making up stuff. But <laughs> I, <laughs> I I distinctly remember maybe it was okay, someone this else. This is this is what it was. I believe if if my memory serves me, which it doesn't usually. Um. My my memory is that I watched the movies and then I looked up the art that was on the covers of the Aragon books. You know what I mean? So like the different dragon heads, the different styles. I think they were yeah. they're memorable if you've ever seen them. Um, and so I w- I I was in a period of my life where I was really experimenting with my ability to do pencil art, and so I actually looked at it and I drew it. And I was exercising my ability to draw. And I remember I drew these three dragon heads based on the three different dragons off of those books. And I brought them, I think, to Maranatha Camp. And we yeah. sh- I showed them to I you. So. And there was like a whole little thing where you guys would draw some or whatever during that week of camp. But I think it was just a very limited time. Um, I was more into it for a while than they were. But I remember. I think I showed them to you guys. Is that do you, is that correct? Does that sound familiar? At I think all? so. Yeah. We don't. I don't remember it, it vividly, but I think there was a time we were pretty young. I, I remember you telling me this story. You're like, you. I remember you could draw fire very well. For what I could I draw thought. a cartoon, like like old yeah. tattoo style fire. Yeah. So <laughs> I, as a little wee little crouton, I was like, I like how you can draw fire, and you were like. I remember Wyatt, or it was Wyatt or John Mark, you were like, showed me how to do this. You draw it like this. Yeah. You remember this? And that kind of stemmed from how we drew, like, our superheroes, our everything, and then you you made dragons that spit fire because yeah. of that fire. Yeah, I drawing. think I remember that. Did you guys remember drawing fire a oh, bunch yeah. and teaching me how? Yeah, I, I, remember, I remember drawing fire all the time. Um... You know, because there was there was a there's a specific way to make it look yep. like it's flowing, like it's flowing, like right. it's like it's it doesn't have any gravity applied to it. You know, right? And it, it just kind of flows. Again, I think that comes from probably Avatar, the Last Airbender TV show. Did you guys ever watch? Oh, really? That? You guys just analyzed it. Yeah. Did you guys ever watch the Last Airbender? Um, I've I've seen a, a a number of episodes. It's just out on Netflix, and so for some yeah. reason, I'm trying to get into it. Me get, and Mackenzie, no, no, no. You don't try to get into episodes. it. You get uh, into it gets it. into you, and <laughs> it's, it's well. I'm trying to allow it to get into me. <laughs> it, and I'll it, I'll put it this way. It's probably some of the best beginning, middle, end storytelling character development for of a children's show children's show cartoon it has um uh, it has deep character development and deep 
stories and yeah. emotion for yeah. for characters and i think that's what makes it a timeless classic and yeah. I, and i have a little bit more to say on that but we can we can say that after we're done recording <laughs> well we might save it for another podcast actually to believe it or not um i wanted to start this podcast by asking you guys a question and we just didn't i was going to ask why the crap are you guys so into anime and watching anime in other languages with English subtitles. Let me because explain. I've never gotten into it. Because I know I that's explain. a whole conversation. So unless you you're wanna... always the very... Let me explain, guy. Hold and... on. Unless you guys want to... We're, we're, we're getting close to wrapping up. Though. So unless you guys can kind of summarize, we can save it for another podcast. I'll, I'll summarize real quickly and we can, we, can, we can save it for another podcast. Pick it up later. Um, next week. We, um, when I first started watching anime it was on it was on netflix and i had found just about and i and i didn't want a you know a live action tv show i don't know i feel just like you've got to get really invested in them more um longer episodes stuff like that i wanted something i could sit down real fast and consume but enjoy on an intellectual level yeah um and uh and I had seen just about everything. So I'm like, I'll give this anime thing a try. Um, and so I look for animes, and basically I'm a huge fan of fantasy. Yeah. And, um, you know, English fantasy, in especially, you know, in a, a film medium. In book medium, you're golden. It's all over the place. But in, when it comes yeah. to film, um, we're lacking severely <laughs> mm-hmm. um and i was craving that kind of avatar yeah. uh feel and so i looked at anime and i and i found a lot uh, i got that i got my epic fantasy craving through yeah. through the anime and um i have a lot of uh gripes about anime that and have yeah. very strong emotions about what I like and completely dislike about anime, but we can save that for later. But basically, I just wanted to find more stories that I liked, and I found more of them in that medium than I did in yeah. the English-speaking ones. And very briefly, what anime does well is character development. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know... You know, I want to be honest, we're not, you know, such huge fans. We watch every anime. We are very choosy about animes that don't have a lot of anime tropes and stupid anime stuff. Uh, We we, we focus on story, visuals, and characters. As you do everything. Right. (laughs) Um, And and there's there's a good... There's a good bit of them out there, and it's just a good medium for really good storytelling and really good action that you can't find in other shows and movies. Yeah. Um we might talk more about this on another podcast because yeah. honestly, I'm not going to argue about it now, but it's some it's an avenue of entertainment I've never understood Me either. and I don't ever see myself participating in the genre. <laughs> yeah. But Me maybe, who knows? I don't know. Um but I wanted to end 
because something I haven't talked to Joshua or I, we have definitely not mentioned to you guys. I want to end this podcast um, real briefly. You guys still good on recording there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, real briefly, I wanted to end this topic because me and Joshua talked about this a couple episodes back, maybe a, a few months back, yeah. and um, back on episode 50. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know where I'm going with this? No. Okay, so when we were really young, uh, me and Joshua's hometown of Sheffield, Pennsylvania, you guys visited, I believe, once or twice. You guys are familiar with it. If you have if you have knowledge or memory of being that young and, and coming and visiting. I remember graveyard. I remember vaguely certain things, but I also remember that me and you guys, me and Joshua only went to this place called Icy Caves once. Yes, I yep. remember Icy and, Caves. And then we went a second time or a third time with you guys. And yep. you guys were very fascinated, very interested. Me and Joshua around the end of August, the beginning of September, we're going to be hitting 100 episodes since we're including this midnight special as an additional third episode each week. So so I wanted to let you guys know, maybe you can think about it or just give me your thoughts on it. Me and Joshua are planning on... When for our hundredth episode to do a longer form podcast outside at Icy Caves in the forest. When? It's gonna be sometime at the end of August or beginning of September, whenever we hit a hundred episodes of this podcast. And so what are your guys' initial thoughts of that? You think it's a cool idea? You think it's, it's interesting? Because cool you guys idea. have history well, with Icy Caves as well. It's a cool idea. It's definitely a cool idea. And I think it it could really, uh, you know, just being there gets you in the mindset of those amazing landscapes, fantasy landscapes and such. Yeah, and it also, we've we've talked about it on the podcast, and we're talking about it now. Yeah. It'll give us a chance to show the audience, maybe we can do some B-roll that we add to the podcast Mm -hmm. and show the people, you know, the sights of this random place in this small town in Pennsylvania out in the forest, and you have to, like, know someone on how to get there because honestly i don't even know how we'll get there yeah we will get to sheffield and we'll be like so which local are we just going to ask to take us there you know what i mean because honestly i don't even remember how to get there so um but that's our plan uh maybe we'll try to figure out a way to get you guys to do a call in or something when we go or if you guys want you can come here and then we'll all go together (laughs) yeah that might be an option that we'll we'll see um (laughs) We'll, we'll definitely have to pencil it in and make sure that we uh, don't procrastinate. Don't procrastinate. Uh, make sure that we have an open schedule and we're not going to be, you know, procrastinating. Uh, burn, burn out on something, <laughs> you know. All right. Well, we'll talk more about it. At the very least, we can at least get you guys to call in and do a few minutes of conversation yep. on that podcast. But I wanted to throw that idea by you because we are getting closer and closer. I believe this is going to be episode 65, I believe. No. No, I'm wrong. 60 <laughs> It's going to be it's going to be 63. Okay. I believe this episode is number 63. And so, um so yeah, we're getting closer and closer. Yep. It's going to be somewhere at the end of August or the beginning of September is when we will hit 100 episodes. So um, 
Yeah. Anyway, you guys have any final thoughts before we close out this podcast? Um, if we anything go, you if, like to say, because you know, thoughts, we'll you guys are going to be on. on yeah, we'll just talk too long. <laughs> well, you guys are going to be on plenty more podcasts to come, and so I hope you guys really enjoyed this episode. Oh, absolutely! This is uh, once again my brother Josh and yep. me Joe as well as our lifelong friends Wyatt Goforth and John Mark Goforth we are two sets of brothers but we are all considered brothers in each other's minds so um is the nightly okay. special this is the no the nightly I, special you I, never get the name <laughs> right it's the midnight special the midnight special it hey, comes out on friday what? nights to kick Everybody, the weekend off uh, thank you for listening to uh full throttle the Wyatt <laughs> podcast. We thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Dude, you are not changing the name of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> unless the audience unless we get a huge audience and they say we want full throttle. Um <coughs> they will. Excuse me. Um we'll we'll go with what the audience says, but as of right now, unless we are unanimously voted out, it's midnight special. It's midnight to kick special. off the weekend. So um, we are very thankful you guys watch this. Once again, visit the YouTube channel. It is our regular 20 to 30 minute podcast. We come out with two podcasts a week as well as clips from the episode. Yep. So there's almost a, a video posted every day except for Sunday. And we really appreciate you guys listening here on Spotify on this exclusive audio only episode number two of the Midnight Special with special guests and future hosts of this podcast john mark and wyatt go forth any final thoughts joshua jamark wyatt i'm not I, the only one here and i, think, I, think, I say I think that's, don't be a crazy I think that's crack a good wrap dad. up yeah no be a crazy crack daddy be a crazy crack dad what's your guys final thoughts uh we can't wait to do more actually i really enjoyed this and i wanted yes more. yeah i got a lot i got a lot more to talk about um, <laughs> exactly, dude. Dude, um, I'm, we'll we'll do this again next week. How about that? Yeah, uh, I'm so ready. We'll do it we again next do, week. Let's devote an entire episode to um squirrels, please. All right, we'll do that. We have plenty. We can do whatever the crap we want. This is our podcast. We hope you guys enjoy your weekend. If you're listening to this on a Friday night or a Saturday morning, um, really whenever you are, we hope you enjoy your weekends. In general, thank you very much for listening. Um, Joshua, and say goodnight to the people. Good night. Peace out. Night.